On episode number 215 of the Beyond Adversity podcast, we talked to Michael T. Brown, the author of A Beautiful Challenge about empowering people, especially the educational system, to succeed through education, inspiration, and mobilization. And I believe, you know, my faith informs me that, you know, I think we can be ambitious on one side, right, to have drive and want more and have to have desire to achieve more and do more. But on the same on the on the flip side, we need to also be thankful for where we are. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. A joy, a pleasure, a privilege, an honor to have you join me today as we continue on our mission, our journey to help you to grow through what you go through, to navigate the adverse conditions that happened in your life and help you get through them, to find a pathway through them to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. This episode is brought to you by the coaching program, The 40-Day Way. You can find more information about it at drbradmiller.com slash 40-Day Way, where you can develop your PLP, your personal life plan, to help you have a plan to get through adversity in life in just 40 days to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. At drbradmiller.com, we have over 200 episodes of this podcast designed to help you. Today, our guest is Michael T. Brown. He is the author of A Beautiful Challenge, which is all about helping to develop healthy relationships. In particular, Michael T. Brown who is all about the educational system and counseling and helping people to succeed in life. He has served as a national trainer for the Why Try organization, which is all about resilience education and specializes in student achievement. He's also partnered with the Washington, D.C. Office of the Attorney General as a trainer for violence interruption. Michael has seen some of the adversity facing students and our schools, individuals, families, and businesses, and he has some plan, and he has a process to be helpful to you. So in this episode, you're going to feel some of the uh, challenges that uh, Michael T. Brand has dealt with in, in the schools and with students and with families regarding uh, lack of motivation regarding the need to take action to succeed, regarding some of the problems about lack of resilience and violence. You're going to also learn what he has done about it, how he has been helpful to young people to help them find, discover their own keys to success and and some of the strategies for building healthy relationships and the importance of self-care and leadership development. He's done all these things in the education world, and he has also done it in the business world. You're going to learn a lot today from Michael T. Brown. He blogs at brownsleadership.com. He is today's guest on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Let's get into that conversation right now. 
Glad to have with us today, Michael T. Brown. He is works in the area of education to help people to navigate situations they have found themselves in and helps people to be empowered and inspired and mobilized. He teaches through his website, brownsleadership.com. He has some great things to share with us today about he's had some success and some challenges in his life. But Michael, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the invite. Look forward to our conversation. It is awesome to have you with us. You have some great insights and you've worked with some challenging situations in your career, but I have a feeling you've faced a few challenging situations of your own. You may have had some adverse life events or something that you've had some challenges with. Can you just share with us a little bit of something that you have had to face in your life that kind of led to what you're doing now, because I got a feeling what you're doing now and serving others was at least partly influenced by some experience you had in your life. Great question, Dr. Brad. I appreciate that. I would, when I, when I think about my life story, I look at it really as a journey, a journey to helping others. And when I think about my role as a therapist, as a counselor, as an educator, uh, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. I think one of the reasons I'm in this profession is obviously to help and serve others, but it's really to, to help me focus on me to be the best version of myself that I can be every day. And, you know, life's challenges are going to hit all of us, uh, no matter what street we live on, right? Those challenges are coming. And so whether it's been, you know, my personal challenges of navigating a career in education and counseling over 20 years, you know, and I imagine your, your background as a pastor, I'm sure you can probably relate to that, right? Where, there may have been moments where you had to minister, but you need to be ministered oh, to. Absolutely. Yes. I've had my yeah, moments right. where I've had my moments of depression and other things that I've had to deal with and have sought help in those areas. And, and so it sounds like that's been a part of your journey as well. Absolutely. And, you know, but it never ceased to amaze me, you know, what can happen when we're honest about our challenge, mm-hmm. willing to be transparent. And when we commit to, uh, personal growth. And oftentimes that personal growth, you know, needs to come with a process or with some help, yeah. some assistance. And for some people, it's maybe through therapy. For others, it's through, you know, spiritual means, sure. whatever it is that they seek. But I think it's important that all of us, uh, you know, identify the areas that need to be strengthened mm-hmm. and then be willing to put the work into it. Well, Michael, what was one of those areas? What Can you tell us a story about maybe one particular experience or situation that you had to face that was a particular challenge for you that you had to, to deal with? Yeah, personally, I would say in the past couple of years, the decision to leave being a uh, full-time school counselor and moving out to private practice. For years in my role as a school counselor, which I you know, thoroughly enjoyed and, and was a blessing to me. And I believe it was, you know, I was able to be a blessing to others. I, I felt a, de- a need for more, a desire for more. And it was, there were moments where, you know, I saw myself, you know, leaving the role I was in, but not quite sure how to navigate what the next level looked like for me. And I think a lot of people can relate mm-hmm. to that. When I, when I talk to people about, you know, their careers of, you know, they, they, we can be grateful for where we are and appreciative for where we are, but feel led to more. And I believe, you know, my, my faith informs me that, you know, I think we can be ambitious on one side, right. To have drive and want more and have to have desire to achieve more and do more. But on the same, on the, on the flip side, we need to also be thankful for where we are. 
And I think that's a good recipe to help navigate getting to the next level. That helped me personally to keep my antennas open to, for what it looked like for me, the next level professionally, but at the same time to be thankful for where I was because all the things that led me up to making that decision to make that leap into full-time private. My career was preparation in many ways. It was a, it was a bit of a graduation. And navigating that, you know, had its, had its ups and downs and some real challenge. But at a certain point, you know, as I was building towards it, there comes a certain point where we need to, to, to make a leap, to step out on faith. And I, and I would say that was a challenging time for me, but, but fortunately we were able to, to navigate it and, and, and see some real success on the other side. What do you think were some of the action points for you that you just said, okay, this is what I really need to do. You, you, you indicated in our conversation that being kind of aspirational, wanting more for yourself, being thankful for what you've had. And yet there had to be some point, the tipping point or the inflection point where you said, okay, this is the actions I need to take in order to go to the next step for me. Can you think about maybe what one or two of those actions were for you? For me, it was being involved in, you know, staying committed to the overall mission. And so, 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 which is to continue to empower individuals. Right. So if I, I stayed married to the mission, that was a reminder for me. That was an action point to say, you know, career paths may, may alter and shift. Seasons of life may change. But what are my anchors? So my anchor, my personal anchors is my faith, right? You know, so staying committed to my daily disciplines, re, re, reinvesting into my, my, my spiritual walk. I call them the big three, you know, our mental health, our physical health and our spiritual health. So those are some really good action points, I think. And that, that helped me just to expand my mind, my learning capacity through reading and, you know, other things that help our mentality. Mental health can help. Therapy can help, you know. Physical health, taking care of our physical bodies, you know, we're getting good rest, working out and our spiritual health, that part of ourself that we can't see. Now, for many, that may take on a more religious or a spiritual faith. But for others, it's, it can be the intangibles, our creativity, our imagination, our intuition. So there were moments during that season where I had to recommit to those things, to continue to invest in myself. And as I did that, I was building as I went. Some people may be sitting on their job and they have an epiphany. I need to leave and go start a, a cookie company or whatever, right? That wasn't my path. My path was keep doing what you're doing and build as you go. And as you build, it can kind of... It can kind of grow and take and off. I love what you're saying about being married to the mission. The mission doesn't always have to take the same exact form. You mentioned That's you true. were a counselor. Was this in a school setting, like a, a I was. public or school counselor? I worked on all three levels over my by, 17 by years. Elementary, there. middle school, uh, was, and high school, or college, or, or yep. uh, I worked at all. Three, yeah. Uh, and spent some time working. No, on. there, there you go. So you worked with students in that type of, of, of environment, and that's a admirable in every way. And yet, you know, but you're still married to the mission, still doing what you're doing. It just, you know, you're in private practice and you're a consultant and so on to help people on kind of a grander scale or a more ambitious scale, perhaps, or aspirational, I would say. And yet you've mentioned something I think is so important here, Michael, about how a part of this whole process for you is you're married to your mission, but a part of your mission is you're connected to a higher power, your spiritual walk, 
And so let's go there for a, a second. How do you think, and especially as we think and reflecting for other folks, maybe folks at UB Counselor, maybe listening to our voices here today, about what is the role, what is the place of developing our uh, spiritual walk or spiritual connectedness, I like to say, in terms of your own personal development and then how then you, that empowers you to be empowering to other people? Tell us about that. Yeah, really good question. I, I think for people of faith that, you know, it's it's so important that we be a part of something bigger than ourselves. For some individuals, that bigger than themselves is a higher power. For others, they may connect more through nature. For others, they may connect more through, you know, connecting with other human beings, more of a moral focus, right? So when I'm working with individuals and I talk about mind, body, and spirit. The spiritual part of it, it's like we have a spirit. The question is whether or not we're going to invest in it. You know, we, we, I believe that we're triune beings, right? Mind, body, and, and spirit. So what do and we do with that? Free choice, you can choose us? to be develop that or to let it grow, to lay fallow. That's right. And, and even if it's, even if it's not a religious reference, some people want to, they, they still think there's an innate desire in, in us, right? To want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, right? That it's not just about me and mine, but how can I serve others? So I believe we're, cre- so for me personally, I believe there's a creator who has created us to be creative, right? So if the creator has created us to be creative, how can I create without being connected to that source? So it's a constant reminder, right? To realize, again, back to Mary to the mission. What is what is the mission? If our mission is to just serve ourselves, then, you know, that's short-lived. But when we invest in others, and that's part of the mission, right, is to inspire the next generation, to help individuals and meet them where they are, to live their best life. That's love something what, we keep coming there, back to. But you're, you're, you have a you the creator and you are the created yes. and then you create then you create creation That's but right. none of it really happens without connection you know you got to be connected if you're disconnected to the higher power then you really do not have a, a resource you do not have a a source of energy and you on your of your own accord you will lose energy you'll you'll burn out right. as many people do and, and some whatever. people are burn out let's face it Doc. some folks are burn out on the religious setting and the yeah. complications that come with that right you hear yeah, a lot absolutely. of times the question is you know are you a person on my assessment that i when i interviewed when i assess folks in, in counseling i asked them a question as a part of the assessment and the question is this is spirituality or faith a part of your life and if so how and it's interesting the, the responses I get back from people. A lot of people, you know, will say, well, you know, I'm not particularly, I don't prescribe to a particular faith walk or religion, but I see myself as spiritual, right? And I want to I want to include everybody here, right? Because I, I want to be respectful. Everybody's not necessarily going to fall into a religious perspective or their faith. Their faith may be in their, their fellow human being. Their faith may be in their own works or their own morality. So I'm not sitting in judgment of that, right? We may have our own sure. personal walk. but so for those who might not be of a religious perspective, they may they I still think there's a desire to want to be bigger, to big to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And for some, they'll connect through humanity. They, they want to serve humanity. So whatever it is, right? This is a no sure. from my perspective, a no judgment zone. But if there is a spiritual part of ourselves, and I believe there is, that we find what that is, invest in it so that we can be 
so we can show up for ourselves and for those connected to us. Well, I want to go with you on the investment piece in just a second here, but I just wanted to kind of clarify with you that the situation is that for many people, they equate spirituality with religion or something like this or ritual or process or attending church or synagogue or mosque or whatever it would be, or something connected with their, their parents or some heritage or something like that, where true spirituality, what we're talking about here has to be a very personal, intimate thing in there and, and having real uh, purpose and having, you know, you know, a leader being empowered has to do with that. And I think that's where you're going here with this. And we have to be, in order to be our best form of ourselves, we have to invest in this area. That's right. That's right. So, and I'm a real big believer in people need to try to identify or come to terms with whatever they has them stuck. And I'm sure if you, especially if you worked with students, you have some who are motivated and go-getters and others who are stuck. And I'm sure the people you work with now are that way as well, but you got to, you kind of get off the schneid and take action. And you mentioned that, and you got to connect with something greater than self. You know, that's why a lot of people get involved with groups that are not, it's not necessarily healthy, whether they be, you know, political or whether they be cultish or any number of things or criminal, whatever, right? Criminal or yeah. just gangs or yeah. just a group that drinks their dress right. under the community. table at the, yeah. they are looking for community, That's looking right. for something bigger than self. And people crave that. They need that. And so, but the idea here, what we're talking about here is finding some healthy ways That's of doing right. that. And so, and that to me, that has to go a little bit to the cognitive piece, how you make, the emotional, you know, all the emotional and all the uh, painful pieces that we've talked about here now, kind of reacting to that. Then how do we do something about it that's constructive by the cognitive piece? So tell me a little, a little bit about, about any process that you have in your teaching or about disciplines, habits, ways of doing stuff, practices that either you do or you teach or you advocate and help people then to take all this emotional stuff we've been talking about and spiritual stuff and get it into an applicable piece that we can apply to our lives. No, thanks for that question. I would say two two pillars really stand out for me in, in the therapy world. And one being cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, in many ways, I'd say it's the best practice when it comes to the counseling world. And I believe that because it's just so effective. You know, cognition, how we think really matters. Mm-hmm. Our yes. thoughts impact our emotions. Our emotions impact our behavior. So what we do in, in therapy from the CBT standpoint is deal in all three areas. Let's improve our thought life. Am I willing to change or challenge my thinking? Only the ones that need to be changed, obviously, right? So that hopefully I'll feel better and behave better. So what do we do with that emotional part of ourselves? Because let's face it, right? That's the blocker a lot of times. Oftentimes we want to do the right thing, but our emotions or trauma or difficulty or pain is stunting our growth. So through therapy and through education, we learn to better manage our, first of all, be more aware of our emotions, more in tune with our emotions. Why do I feel this way? Where are these thoughts and feelings coming from? You know, to manage our emotions and to ultimately channel them into the right direction. I like how one of my friends and and mentors says it. And this this statement really kind of blew me away when he said it. He's a resilience trainer. And he said, you know, we can use our pain and our problems as our best friend. And, and that used to, when I first heard that, it kind of took me aback. Like, why would we use right our pain as our best friend? But I think I understand what he was getting at, that obviously we're not signing up for pain or suffering. 
But if we can manage it, if we can navigate it, it can ultimately help us. It can propel us into our destiny. If we'll channel the emotion into a positive direction. You know, Dr. Brad, I like using sports metaphors a lot. Sure. And, and I think in many ways, you know, sports is a metaphor for life. And you think about certain athletes, right? Some of them play with a chip on their shoulder. Maybe they've been slighted, overlooked, you know, told they weren't going to make it. And instead of imploding or self-destructing, they use that emotion as fuel. And I, I believe somebody may, who's listening to us today needs to hear that, right? The pain you're going through, the challenges, the adversity that you're facing, if managed the right way, if navigated the right way, can ultimately help push you into your destiny. And that third part, the behavior. So we got thoughts, feelings, behavior. And that's at the end of the day, right? We got to make better choices. So what we do is in all three areas, improve our thinking, not less toxic thoughts, more healthy thoughts. And we know we can change the way we think. Scripture puts it this way, right? You know, whatsoever a man or woman thinks, so is he or she. So we improve our thoughts, manage our emotions, make good choices. And when we combine those, they're going to help us reach our goals. Well, that's and that's awesome. I love this is kind of really what to the purpose of what we are talking you know, about. The, the Beyond the Adversity podcast is really all about. It's kind of this university of adversity, if you will, or that's some good. people I call like it the, the adversity advantage that you adversity is going to happen. That is a given. That's that true. is a given that bad stuff's no going to happen to us. Bad stuff's going to happen to us. It might be a health issue. It might be losing our job. It might be family, get married, get divorced, any number of things that yeah. can happen. All, you know, we, I'm sure, you know, we got a war going on in Ukraine right now. Bad stuff is happening in the world and it can happen to us and it does, it will happen to us, but how we handle it makes all the difference. And for so many people, they get devastated. I call it being in the ditch. They get in the ditch and they can't get out, you know, in order to get out, you really got to struggle to get out. But if we can take this as an advantage and then use it to our advantage and come through it. I've talked to lots of folks and maybe you have too, who say who have then leveraged that bad point. You mentioned sports, for instance, but I know other people have said getting fired from my job was the best thing ever happened to me because it forced me to start a new business. I've talked to many people who said, okay, it's stupid, but having a heart attack was the best thing ever happened to me because it maybe changed my health patterns. That's right. Okay. That's right. Getting divorced was a good thing for me because my next marriage became better because I learned better how to relate to people. That's right. In sports, there's plenty of story that comes to mind right now. And your name being Michael reminds me of Michael Jordan, where he talked all through his career about how he got cut from the middle school team, high school, high school team Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. He got cut from the freshman year team, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And he leveraged that his whole career, the anger about that towards his incredible success. That's right. So give us, if you, you've mentioned this, you know, the cognitive piece here, the, um, the cognitive behavioral therapy, but give us a few examples here about maybe people you've worked with or situations where people have actually applied it. I, I'd yeah. like to be as specific as possible as you can, maybe for some people you've worked with about how it's been applied or maybe in your own life. It's, yeah, something really comes to mind. And I'll think, you know, I think about, you know, doing some couples counseling. Okay. Uh, and, you know, a few couples come to mind that. I have my five stages of recovery that I notice that help individuals work through pain or trauma. Just over the years, I've, I've, I've come up with these stages that, you know, help us navigate difficulty. And I'll walk through them real quickly. The first phase is the awareness phase. The second phase is coming to terms. Third is forgiveness. 
The next phase is healing and then moving forward. Awareness is the what happened to me phase, where I gather all the facts, where I'm brutal honest, brutally honest about what happened, whether it was, you know, right, an individual who's going through a divorce, bankruptcy, a health issue, grief, loss, whatever it is, a setback, abuse, trauma, whatever the pain is, that we wrap our, try to try our best to get as much facts and information as we can out and deal with it and confront it, even lament some in it. Then move to the next phase of can I make peace with it? I call it the wrestling phase, coming to terms. So think about mm-hmm. a, I'm thinking about a couple right now, you know, who's who, who not everybody gets divorced because they wanted it. Right. Somebody may have left. And with that sure. being the case, right, to say, OK, this is my reality now. It's it's not a good thing, but can I use it for good? Can mm-hmm. I make peace with it? Can I come to terms with it? It happened. And I'm going to face that monster down straight up, right? It happened. If, we'll can, if we can make peace with it, it might not ever be okay, right? I might not ever be cool with it, but I need to hopefully make some peace with it. It happened. The abuse, the trauma. Now, can I forgive? And that's the elephant in the room. Uh, the choice to forgive, right? Because I've heard it put this way, and Dr. Brad, you can probably relate to this, right? You know, the price of unforgiveness can be too heavy a price, right? The way I like to put this particular situation here, Michael, is you choose whether to get to stay bitter or to get better. That's good. And I just try to put it in that kind of, you know, a dichotomy there, bitter or better. That's right. Which way are you going to go? Which is a choice. Which is a choice. And we get to choose. We get to choose in those situations. Am I going to forgive? Many people want and choose, you know, I call it the the kind of the malaise of mediocrity where you choose to stay stuck. You know, you want to be in that misery in a way. You choose to be there instead of taking the the difficulties of getting out of the miserable situation to have freedom, success, right. and delight, and all that good stuff. That's key that you say freedom. You know, Scripture says that, yeah. right? And you shall yeah. know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You can't be free. It's harder to be free until you at least know the truth, yeah. even a painful but, truth. And if we'll, the, if we'll, the, free, if the we'll, freedom, the freedom comes from forgiveness, accepting that we are forgiven people, and then also turning that around and forgiving others, okay. including people who have hurt us, and including people who still have bad intentions toward us, and maybe ongoing, you yeah. know, maybe an ongoing situation. That's right. And you still forgive them. Now, it doesn't mean you could become a, a patsy and get walked over. You could still choose to have, you know, take a different pathway. You can still choose to extract yourself That's right. from bad influences, That's and, right. you know, difficult people and situations. And I think there are people who need to do that. I'm certainly not a believer that people need to forgive and then stay in That's unhealthy right. or, right. or relationships or anything else that spirals to oblivion. You need to get better. That's to right. get better, it means you need to do whatever you need. And sometimes we need help in order to get better. Sometimes yeah. the pain may be too hard. We might not know how to forgive. We may have to ask God, help me to forgive. Because sure. forgiveness, well, let's say unforgiveness life is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Unforgiveness <laughs> corrodes the container that carries it. And every day we get to choose, you know, can I forgive? Yeah. Well, you might say, well, I don't feel like forgiving. And that's where the choice comes in to say, you know what? And here's the principle, right? Do the right thing. Let the emotions catch up later. As one of my clients put it, and I like how she said, she she said, you know, do the right thing and the heart will follow. And if we'll Mm. forgive, then I believe healing can come. And as we heal, we can move forward. 
into our destiny. And we may flow in and out of those five phases where you may say, well, you know, I thought I healed, but then some more stuff came out. You re-triggered me. Right. You know, and we know forgiveness does not always mean reconciliation, but it could mean I got clarity. Sure. And I can make choices, make better choices moving forward. Yeah, just because you heal doesn't mean you're not going to get hurt again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and sometimes you can be hurt by the same people, the same situations again. You just got to heal again. You got to keep going. And you may have to remove yourself or, or distance yourself from that person. Like my dad yeah. used to always say, he said, son, sometimes you got to love people with a long handled spoon. You know, I love you, but I need some distance from you. Yeah. I, I love it. I might, I, might, I might have to use that one. Might there's, that again, be, yeah. there's a metaphor there, man. Shout out to Dad right. on that one. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, it, you, you mentioned here one thing. I really want to come around to you with kind of one more thought here, one more approach here. You mentioned how we need others to help us sometimes. Yes. And it seems to me like you've chosen to be one of those people. What I mean by that is I think another part of a person who has has navigated adversity is they then choose to love others regardless, but also choose to serve out of love. That's one of the elements of my teaching I do. You you have to intentionally serve and it has to be out of, a, you know, something altruistic. It has to be out of love for others. So tell us about somebody you may have served, a person or a student or something. We're kind of looking for a testimony here, Michael, of someone in your life who you've served and you've seen, okay, there's an aha moment. There's a transformation there that, yeah. that's going on. I'll think of a gentleman I'm working with here, here recently who I've had the opportunity to help him navigate a difficult divorce. But now he's thriving and flourishing. And I'm meeting with him and his significant other, helping him to prepare for marriage. To see that spectrum of the pain and the disappointment and the anguish and some trauma that we helped him work through, to now be in a position to see him thriving and flourishing, you know, is is it's powerful and it's impactful. And but that that young man made a decision. He made a decision. To not give up on love and not give up on himself. Just because a person hurts us does not mean, right, that everyone's going to hurt us. And that 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 optimism, I call it real realistic optimism. And I can't say I came up with that term. That, that term came from a book, well, maybe before then, but where I heard it was from a book called Better Under Pressure. And in the, it's a book about, you know, a gentleman who went out, he, he interviewed folks, you know, in big companies and they decided what made great leaders, right? So it's a study on leadership in many ways, these big Fortune 500 companies. What are some of the principles that helped them be great leaders? And one of the principles was realistic optimism. Hmm. Okay. Optimism, right? I need to see the glass half full, but I see it for what it is, realism, right? You know, where there's right. a good, healthy balance there. Where we should be happy warriors, I call it, right? To have that happy warrior mentality that we're going to have to fight some. There's going to be some challenges, but let's do it with a smile. Let's do it with grace. As one of my mentors, one of my friends said, he said, uh, you know, he said, Mike, always remember this. The greats are gracious. Hmm. And when you, right, to, to think about service and you, I think you hit it on the head, Brad, right? That service through love. That's a great definition for leadership in my book. Yeah, it is. Yeah, what you're describing there is, uh, maybe, maybe you've heard the term the Stockdale Paradox. It comes mm-hmm. from the writing the good to great author Collins talks about the Stockdale Paradox is basically from the Vietnam, Vietnam era, yeah. Vietnam era, uh, prisoner of war, and people who had to have, in order to, those who survived 
North Vietnamese uh, prison experience were ones who face the brutal facts and still move forward with faith. That's right. And you can't be a pie in the sky type of thing. And you can't be also just give up. You got to, you know, face your hope. reality and yeah, hope and have, have hope. And that Victor that's Frankl yeah. talked a lot about that, right? In his book, man, yeah. search for meaning Holocaust Absolutely. survivor. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And very pertinent, very pertinent. Good stuff here, man. Yes, well, sir. you've got a couple of books out there. You've got a website with lots of resources. If you've got some great stuff here, you've shared some great, great insights here today, Michael, how can people be in connection with you if they want to learn more about what you're about and how maybe you might be helpful in their life? Yes, sir. They can go right to my website, brownsleadership.com. They can see what we're doing, reach out, got my book information out there. If anybody's interested um, yeah, I'd love to hear from folks and connect. I, I do uh, workshops and trainings and, 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 and therapy here in this local DMV, Northern Virginia, D.C., Virginia area and across the country. So, yeah, look forward to hearing from people. Brownsleadership.com. Brownsleadership.com. Well, you've been a fascinating guest here today on Beyond Adversity. And his website is brownsleadership.com. We'll put connections to all the things that he's all about at our website, drbradmiller.com. And we thank you, guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, our guest today, Michael T. Brown. Thanks so much to Michael T. Brown for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast. You heard him talk about some of the challenges that he faced in schools and with families and in businesses and how he began to develop approach about developing healthy relationships about uh, what he does is all about being inspirational and to be uh, transformational and to empower people to succeed through education and mobilization to get moving. And so that would be my encouragement to you about the do part of our podcast. We always like to conclude with a couple of things that you can do. The, the, the emphasis here is to get going, to get mobilized, to get educated, to be intentional about yourself, health, and your care, and to look to succeed out of those things and to strengthen not only your life, but the life of others. And maybe you can give back something to a student in your life. A great place to start is his book, which is a beautiful challenge, which provides practical strategies and inspiration that you use to strengthen your own relationships, and you can use it to communicate more effectively, use it to resolve conflict, and develop a positive atmosphere in which your relationships can thrive. You find him at brownsleadership.com. His name is Michael T. Brown. Here on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, we're all about being helpful to you about life transformation. This episode has been brought to you by the 40-Day Way, which is our coaching program. You can find more information at drbradmiller.com slash 40-Day Way about developing your PLP, your personal life plan to help you get unstuck from depression, divorce, disease, debt, death, those five Ds, which impact all of us and get a pathway through that to your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can do it. I can help. Head on over to drbradmiller.com slash 40-day way. We look forward to being helpful to you. There are over 200 episodes of this podcast dedicating to help you grow through what you go through to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can always hit the drbradmiller.com for a back catalog of all of our podcasts. And please 
share the good word with others in your life. My name is Dr. Brad Miller, here to help you at drbradmiller.com. We'll see you next time. And remember to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.